this week's isolation episode of Bad and Busy, we're talking all things brows. First up, we have a Q&A with Hannah Mutz. She is the National Brow Artist for Benefit Cosmetics Australia. And we're following that up with a one-on-one I had with Colette from Cole Beauty. And she's going to tell us all about brow lamination, which is like the new styling trick that we're all going to be running to as soon as we get out of this hellhole. Um, so enjoy. To help you get the brows of your dreams, Benefit are offering all Bad and Busy listeners 20% off any full-size Benefit products on adorebeauty.com.au. Use the code Benefit Bad and Busy, valid from tomorrow, Tuesday, June 2 until June 4. Hannah, welcome. Let's talk brows. Hello, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. First things first, let's talk about why at-home brow grooming is risky business. Why should we be careful when picking up the tweezers? Okay, good juicy question to start. I'm a big believer that at-home brow grooming isn't always risky business. I think the key to doing it well is preparation. So you need to make sure that you've got quality tools on hand. You need to put the time into mapping out a brow shape before you start and, and tracing that onto the face to make it really clear which hairs you're tweezing and which hairs you're not tweezing and also putting some time into understanding technique and how to tweeze well, how to support the skin to get the best results. So it's not always as scary as it may seem. From there, I think it's just a matter of understanding that brow shaping is a marathon. It's certainly not a sprint. So go slowly and, um, Take care with each hair because when it comes to brows, every hair really does count and can make a big difference. Can you tell us why now is the ideal time to put your brows into rehab and try to boost growth, length and thickness? Yeah, well, I mean, when it comes to growing out your brows, the most important thing is time and patience and giving them a chance to grow. I think so many women attempt growing out their brows and seem to wonder why in four weeks time they're not double the thickness but it's a process that can take weeks for some people it can take months for others and it can even take years for others so time and patience are really of the essence when it comes to growing out brows and I guess at the moment we've been forced into a position where we don't have the luxury of our monthly brow appointments and we are having to either DIY our brows or let them completely do their thing which is the best way to see results when it comes to boosting growth, getting your brows longer, getting them thicker, and I guess just getting your brows generally into better shape. So if you can and if you're looking to grow, put down the tweezers, step away from the magnifying mirrors, step away from mirrors in general and let them do their thing. Okay, and what's the best product to use to shape brows that are going through rehab or need some serious styling? Without a doubt, I think the two best things for brows that are in the middle of brow rehab um, would be brow gels. So be it a clear brow gel or a tinted brow gel. So clear brow gels are great for those who just want their brows to look a little more groomed through the process. They don't add color, but they give them give your brows a whole lot of hold and set the shape in place. And then a tinted brow gel is great for those who want to add a little bit more definition and kind of fake a fuller looking brow through the process. They're really easy to use. And the best bit is they work on brows of all shapes and sizes, thin brows, thick brows, 
overgrown brows, brow gels are really easy to use. One's like uh, Gimme Brow Plus by Benefit. It's more, it's a fibrous brow gel, which means it has tiny microfibers in the formula. So it physically fattens up each of the hairs in your brow to make them look thicker and fuller without much fuss. What about if you're in desperate need of a cleanup? Do you have any practical advice or handy tricks for plucking and removing hairs without mucking up the shape? My favourite way to do this is to just trace a line around the entire perimeter of my brows before I start tweezing. And that way I've got a clear idea of which hairs I'm taking and which hairs I'm leaving because I think that's where we all get stuck is when you're, you know, a centimetre away from the mirror and you've kind of got that hair in the grips of your tweezers and you're like, do I take it? Do I leave it? Whereas if you know clearly before you start which hairs are staying, you don't have to worry about messing up the shape. I always use a brow pencil to trace those lines and I just make sure I take the outline slightly wider than the brow shape I want just to be sure that I don't accidentally remove the wrong hair. When it comes to do-it-yourself tinting, do you have any tricks up your sleeve? Okay, yes. At-home brow tinting, surprisingly easy. Um, Best way to go about it is to get yourself one of the 1,000-hour brow tint packs or similar. They come with pretty much everything you'll need to get the job done. Read the instructions before you start. I always recommend people do a patch test as well because most often the formula in here is going to be different to that that your brow expert would use. So just make sure that it's compatible with your skin type. Um, I like to always apply a layer of Vaseline around my brows before I start tinting. This just prevents the tint from staining your skin. Um, you can take it quite close to the brow just as long as it's not touching any of the hairs you want to tint because if they're coated with Vaseline, they won't tint. Um, I like to also use an angle brush to apply the product instead of the included applicator. I feel like you get a whole lot more control and precision and you do want to make sure that the formula you mix up is quite controllable. So not so sloppy that it's going to drip off your brush or off your applicator. You need to be able to control that formula when you're applying it. And then my final two tips, one is you don't have to leave the tint on for as long as the instructions say. That's the only instruction you're allowed to defy. I always like to build my tint slowly to be safe rather than sorry. So I'll apply it, leave it for a minute, wipe it off with a wet cotton round and see how it's looking. And then if I want to take them darker, I'll keep applying and removing the tint until I get them to the level I want them to be at. Um, It's much easier than leaving it on for 10 minutes and then realizing you look like Groucho Marx, not a sexy look. And then final tip is you can always spot tint as well. So you don't have to tint the whole of your brow the same color. I find the tail ends of my brows need more tinting than the front. So you can just apply it where you need it or leave it on certain spots for longer to get your desired result. So all in all, quite an easy process. Read the instructions, make sure you have everything you need and you'll be fine. Is there a product you recommend that's less permanent but still packs that pigment punch and is also easy to use? If you're still nervous about at-home tinting, uh, look to products like Gimme Brow Plus, the tinted brow gel I mentioned before. It's a really easy way to fake tinted-looking brows and all you need to do is brush the product on. If you're wanting something that gives your brows a little bit more shape or a bit more definition, I would go for a trusty brow pencil. So one that's really easy and quick to use is a benefit pencil called Goof Proof. It's got a teardrop shape tip on one end and then a spoolie brush on the other. So you can apply the product really easily. And then you can use the spoolie brush on the other end to buff away any harsh lines and keep the brows looking really natural, but still a little more defined and shapely. What about any brow hacks for both grooming and styling? 
Okay, brow hacks. My main two for grooming, one is to not tweeze your brows too often. So when you're tweezing your brows every few days, you can disrupt the natural growth cycle, which means you'll just have constant inconsistent regrowth coming through all the time. I like to leave maybe two to four weeks, ideally, ideally four weeks, but if they grow quicker, you can do it more often, but leave a nice amount of time in between your grooming sessions just to keep your growth cycle in sync and happy. Another one here is avoid tweezing around your period. Now we all know we're a little more sensitive on the emotional side of things, but your skin can feel a little more sensitive too. So I like to leave a few days before and a few days after my period before tweezing just to prevent it being a slightly more painful process. And then two really easy styling hacks. Number one is always finish your brows with a clear setting gel. These are the hairspray of the brow world. So they lock and set your brows in place for the whole day and keep the style and color on. And then instead of filling in the whole of your brow with whatever product you use, try a technique called spot filling. Now, this is all about just applying the product where you need it most instead of applying it through the whole brow, which a lot of us do. So pay attention to any gaps or holes in the brow or areas that are a little more sparse, and then you can leave the rest of the brow almost bare. The result is always really natural, effortless looking, fuller brows. It's the best. Is there a one size fits all universal brow styling product that you can recommend along with any tips on how to use it? I can never choose just one. So I'm going to answer this with two products. Number one is the clear brow gel that I've already spoken about. It's just the perfect way to set and finish every brow style and every brow shape. I use the Benefit one, which is called 24-Hour Brow Setter. It's really easy to use. I just brush it through as the finishing step to every brow style. The second product would have to be a brow pencil. They're convenient. They're easy to use. They come in the most amount of shades. Most of them have a spoolie brush on the other end. I generally look for one like precisely my brow pencil, which has a tiny fine tip. That makes it perfect for spot filling, great for brow touch-ups, and just great for brows of all shapes and sizes. I like to use these in two ways. One is hair-like strokes, so flicking little tiny strokes through the brow to create the illusion of more hairs. And secondly, I use them to outline my shape. So even if I'm using a different brow product, I'll always start with a fine-tipped brow pencil to trace around the shape just to nail the lines and make sure I'm happy with what I'm feeling first. How can we fill in and thicken our brows without making them look too fake or full of product? So there's a couple of really easy ways to do this. Number one is the spot filling technique, which I've already mentioned. So it's just a matter of applying product only to the areas of your brows that need it most. You'll be surprised at how much thicker they look, even when you've applied such little product. And secondly, I've mentioned this already as well, but it's Gimme Brow Plus. So the tinted brow fiber gels, they are without a doubt the easiest way to make your brows look thicker without making them look fake. It's because of the tiny fibers in the formula. So they grab onto the hairs of the brow instead of grabbing onto the skin. So the hairs look thicker, the brows look fuller, um, and they still look really natural at the same time. How can we find the perfect shade? What's the secret? I think this is the biggest brow dilemma that most women have. It's certainly one of the most frequently asked questions, but the secret is surprisingly easy. I've broken the process of finding your perfect shade down into two steps. So one is tone and two is shade. So tone refers to the natural undertone of your brows. You can be warm, cool, or neutral. Warm brows, when you look at them in the mirror, you'll see red shades, you'll see auburn shades, strawberry shades, kind of warmer blonde shades. 
If you've got cool toned brows, you'll see gray shades, you'll see ashy tones, you'll see cooler blondes or torps. And then if you see neither or you see both, you have a neutral undertone. So it's really important before you start looking for a brow product that you understand the undertone of your brows. From there, as long as you always make sure the product you're using has the right tone, you kind of can't go wrong. So shade is how dark or light you want your brows to be. I tend to match this always to the natural color of your brows. You'll get the most seamless result here and it makes your product a whole lot easier to blend. So make sure the tone's right. Select a shade that matches your natural brow hairs and you can't go wrong. Thanks so much for coming on. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, maybe we talk about what you want people to know because obviously there's, um, you know, different methods yeah. and people are going to assume that it's the same everywhere. What, yeah, like, what do you think people need to know before they go and get it done and why Why should they do a bit of research? Yeah. Um, so it's amazing treatment. It works for so many different people. I think you have to understand what your own issue is before you go in in terms of what you're trying to get out of the treatment and also communicate that to whoever's doing the treatment to make sure that you're on the same page. Um, for me, it's an amazing treatment for anybody that just wants a brushed up fluffy brow. Um, if you've got a, a very strong growth pattern, you want to tame it down. Um, maybe hairs grow in different directions, whatever it may be. It will tick all the boxes for you within that realm. Um, but I think one of the biggest things is to understand that a brow artist should have their own natural style with what they're going to do in terms of a lamination. Um, some people prefer a much more bold look. Um, I prefer one that's much less bold and just is a bit more untamed and probably that more model-esque style. And I think when you're doing your research and trying to find, obviously you want to find somebody that's reputable and is trained and understands how to do the procedure and is also using the right products as well. Um, but also understand that somebody's going to be on the same page as you. So check out their Instagram, check out even their branding on their website and their studio space because I think that should always be a reflection of what they're all about as a business. Yeah. Um, and also understand what you get with a treatment. Like with my clients, I want, want to work with your natural hair and I don't take out. I just focus on how can we make the most of the hair that you've got and really make that the feature point. Whereas some people will take off and groom the brow and change the shape. The look that you'll get at the end will be very, very different. Um, equally, one of the other things is when it's first on, it is a bit more bold in terms of the look. So as I mentioned before, like, Make sure if you've got any big events or anything like that, you're just giving yourself enough time to get used to it and let it settle in um, and that you can upkeep the aftercare as well. So mm -hmm. don't have a holiday plan the next day because you're going to go and sit in the sun or yeah. get in wet or whatever it may be and make your life a bit easier. Mm. Okay, so talk me through the process and what lamination actually means. So you're not putting plastic. No. <laughs> like some people, do, some people do. Some people do. Some people use clean film, but it's not a book covering. Essentially, lamination is a lift for the eyebrow. So in the same way that you can get a lash lift, you can get the lamination, which creates length in the brow. So by creating length in the brow, we're also able to tweak the shape. So you can improve balance in people's brows. Maybe people's arch points might sit different and it annoys them. Again, as I mentioned, with growth pattern, 
um, if your hair grows out or you have a very curved growth pattern, we can actually rebond that to create something that just gives you a much fuller, fluffier brow. Um, it's a three-step process. It's a really easy process to follow from the perspective of it's 30 minutes, it's not painful, you'll be in and out in no time and you'll love your new brow straight away anyway. Um, but it's we use um, step one, which is a lifting cream. So that's basically going to break down the protein in the hair. So by doing that, we um, break the bond, which means that we can actually remold it into the new position that we want it to be in. Step two is um, a neutralizing lotion. So what we then do is rebond into the new position. Mm -hmm. um, each process can take anywhere between three to eight minutes, depending on how quickly someone's hair will process. Right finer hair will process quicker, more coarse or stronger growth patterns take a bit longer to process. Um, you apply those two solutions, the artist will then design the new brow shape for you. Mm -hmm. um, some people will then tint henna wax shape after step two. Um, I personally don't, I might tweeze little bits out, but what I do do is involve clients in by the time we get to step three, which is super important because we have to re-nourish the hair after we've done that. Um, stripping of the protein we need to put that back in to make sure that you don't get any damage to the brow um, but by the time we've done step three the client gets to influence the shape with me so it has to feel right on your face yeah. for me I love a wild fluffy brow so when someone wants that it's amazing but it's not right for every client and I think understanding that is really important um, clients get to look in the mirror I just go through and shape the hair so they can kind of see where they feel comfortable Sometimes people go a bit less on their first appointment, but guaranteed by the time they come back in, they're like fluffier, bolder, more, yeah. more, more. <laughs> Probably going to be me. Yeah. <laughs> and so where does the name come from? Is it because when you first get them done, they look like wet and gelled Essentially, up? it's a good question. I don't actually know. I'd love to find out. I've just, I just know it as a terminology. So yeah. I'm British and in the UK, this has been huge for years. Interesting. And I've been so jealous because I've wanted it done and nobody over here was doing it. So I was like desperately trying to find someone to do it. And then no one did. So I was like, okay, well, if I just train in it, then I'll, I'll be able to do it. And then I can do it on myself because it's like a life-changing procedure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't actually know. I reckon that's a good point. Maybe it is. So maybe I'll ask my supplier in the UK yeah. where it comes from because they're a leading training agency okay. so maybe they'll know <laughs> um and then how long does it last roughly so it can last up to 12 weeks I think the biggest things that influence how long it's going to last you is how strong the natural growth pattern when you come in in the first place is right. so if you do have a very dominant growth pattern um, know that that's going to be fighting against the lamination much more than somebody who's naturally got quite a straight pattern and it's going to you know work with the lamination a lot longer um if someone's got a really strong growth pattern i typically see them back at about six to eight weeks and mm -hmm. um, probably more the six week mark most people tend to sit at six to eight weeks in terms of coming back it's just kind of your preference so what you'll find is when you're brushing the brows up in the morning which you still have to do i think people think that they're not going to move they actually will move right. it just means that when you do brush them up they're going to stay you don't have to use any product in them and they're still just going to look great mm. plus you're going to have more length than you would with a brow gel um but most people come back between six to eight weeks stronger growth patterns more at the six week mark other people can push it to about eight weeks mm -hmm. some people can get up to 12 weeks out of it i don't really see that happening very much because most people just want to get it refreshed yeah. so i'd say the average is six to eight weeks mm -hmm. yeah and so what about um, like price point? Does it vary if you're getting a wax and a tin as well or if you're yeah. going to get um, tattooing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I think 
everybody's price point is different. I think the quality of the product is really important to consider. So not necessarily cheaper is better. I do know people who are charging like crazy money where I, I think given the, the price of the product, I don't really understand how it's translating. Right. Um, so maybe do your research. Cheaper doesn't always necessarily equal the best in this scenario, especially because it's a new treatment. It's something where actually the product offer in Australia is quite small at the moment for artists to source the solutions to be able to do it. Right. A lot of people will then use a lash lift solution because they've already got it. If they do lash lifts, think it's the same thing and your processing time is completely different. So you need to be really, really careful about that. Um, average price that I've seen can be anywhere from like 90 up to, I think I've seen some people charge like 150 for it. Um, and it just kind of depends who you go to, what you get, with it, whether you get a tint, shape, whatever. Um, and then the individual artists themselves, like yeah. as in our time to, to do the treatment, yeah. that just depends how long it's gonna be, so. Yeah. But I, I would say if you're looking somewhere, obviously I understand price is gonna play a factor, um, but there are more important things to look at in terms of uh, the quality of the artist, the space that you're going to, how well trained they are, all that kind of stuff, because mm -hmm. that's gonna outweigh paying an extra $10 in my opinion. Yeah. For sure. And what would you kind of, um, what do you want people, is there one thing that you want people to know or understand or be careful? Um, brow health, for sure. So I'm so big on it with my clients and I know I spoke to you about it before. Um, the treatment itself will is highly addictive. I'll just put that out there now. It's like <laughs> the new lash extensions, which I don't personally have, but I do know people who are highly addicted yeah. to lash extensions. Um, and this will become exactly the same. Like it's the type of treatment that people just love and nobody really doesn't love it. Like mm. it's it's pretty much a no brainer. Um, however, if you're not nourishing your hair between treatments, so with my clients, I give them the serum. So step three, I give them whatever's left to take home. And my biggest piece of advice is to care for your brows between your appointments. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to be anything expensive or fancy or new or whatever. You can actually just use what you use on your hair and your cupboards at home. My big tip is actually if you've got Olaplex, like you can use any of the Olaplex, obviously not shampoo, because that would just be weird. Um, but you can use any of the Olaplex treatments. You mentioned that you had the oil, anything yeah. like that, amazing. If you've got any of the Orbe oils, any other brand okay. that you use on your hair as a nourishing treatment, brush it through your brows. You won't need your brow gel anymore. So you can throw that out and just replace it with whatever products you're using on your hair. Right. Brush that through your brow. It's gonna nourish the brow. It's gonna make it look beautiful and silky and smooth and amazing. But then by the time you come back for your next treatment, you're not causing excessive damage because yeah. you're always caring for the brow. If you do that from the start, like as in from the moment you start getting the treatment done, you're not gonna run into any issues. Whereas if it's something that you drop the ball on, long-term you're gonna see the implications yeah. and what that's gonna look like is a much more dried out, kind of like crusty brow, which mm. is definitely not what anybody wants. So is that morning and night? Um, I do, yeah. If okay. I'm putting, even for me, like, if I'm putting moisturizer on my face, I just wrap it in my brows. Yeah. Like my serums, I just wrap it in my brows as yeah. well. Um, because I just want as much moisture in the hair mm. as possible. But every morning, because I brush my brows up anyway, I actually brush Olaplex Step 3 through the brow. And then if I've put Orbe on my hair, like I use an Orbe um, serum. Yeah. And I just brush it through my brows as well. So, like, mm. I'm crazy on it. I love it. Okay. Plus, it makes the brow look amazing. So, I'm always like, more, Yeah, more, it's more, like more. shiny and textured. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. But that's the biggest piece of advice. Care for your brows from day dot. It's a great procedure if it's managed correctly mm -hmm. and you'll never run into any issues. You just want to make sure that you're on the ball with that from the start. Love it. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.